Hello and welcome to This Contains Garlic. You are here with your hosts, Georgia Garlic and... Mark Garlic. And we are back for episode... Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Is it 16? Is 17. It 17. Anyway, we're back for an episode. And today we are going to talk about practicing what you preach. Now... I'm sure some who follow the podcast uh, are part of the Facebook group that we've set up. But we obviously said on our social medias that um, we had a little bit of a check-in with ourselves, shall we say. And we just, we wanted to just feel a little bit better in ourselves, set some goals and put aside the stress that has been the, the last year. And I think since moving back from Cape Town, it's been adjustments here, there and everywhere. Mm. So we set ourselves some goals and we also set up a Facebook community group to keep people on track with their goals as well. Um, Kind of like a little accountability group. But what we want to talk about today is that not everybody's perfect and not every professional in an industry is always 10 out of 10 on, you know, in an industry like ours, it could be what you eat, how you move, whether you've moved enough, whether or not your mental health is looked after. There's a number of different factors where sometimes not everything is put to the side, but certain factors are put to the side Mm. to prioritise others. Yeah. I think a lot of people assume that because you're in the fitness industry or you're a strength coach or a personal trainer that you're basically like robotic in the sense that you are adherent you know a hundred percent of the time and you never skip a beat and certain things are always prioritized in a certain way Um, and the reality is is that's generally never the case Um, obviously there's your statistical outliers people that are like in shape, ridiculous shape, 24-7, but, you know, that is driven more from a mental side than a physical side. But, you know, so we've obviously moved around quite a bit, uh, they say, outside of, you know... Getting divorced. Death or divorce, (laughs) the moving house is is, uh, the most stressful. And to put it into context Um, there, we've... In the past three years, four years, I mm. can't even remember what year we're in currently, yeah. um, we have moved from London where we had a, a hectically busy job. We're talking minimum 12 clients, 15 clients a day, back to back, and all that comes with it. It's not just training people. There's a huge mental mm. side to that, whether yeah, you're part of the family. Yeah, and so we then moved to Cape Town. We opened up our studio. Um, We went into a new environment. We obviously bought the house in Cape Town. We went through a refurb. We lived there, obviously, through the mists of COVID and everything and having the gym open for a number of years. And um, then we kind of were like, I think COVID probably through i guess through the anomaly in there slightly mm. for us as to why we decided to be coming back to the uk yeah and since coming back to the uk if you've listened to our life run well, we, we basically came back we moved to bristol for a couple of weeks and then from bristol we moved to london and then we had a nightmare Absolute with fucking the shit show. apartment and we paid literally tens of thousands of pounds <laughs> so yeah we've moved it's like 
who've moved yeah. like three or four times in the past couple of years. Yeah, and it just gets to the point where I guess when things aren't necessarily going in the way... Look, we had a very uh, unfortunate situation coming back into London. It was the post-COVID, uh, people wanted to move back into London. Mm. Prices were through the fucking roof. And as we've said before, like until we know exactly where we want to live, we don't want to buy again. And right now is probably not the right time to buy because both myself and Mark are very sporadic and are thinking of where we want to base ourselves. Yeah. So limiting yourself, like the next house that we buy, we want to be in it for plus or minus 10 years. Well, yeah, around that. Yeah. So, you know, for us, it's about, you know, trying to find that structure. And when you do move all these times, sometimes... I would just like to reiterate, actually, because obviously when we first launched this podcast, we gave a little bit mm. of insight as to who we were as people. And somebody like myself or like Mark, you know, I went through a, a very large weight loss journey and I have maintained that the whole way through. When we're talking about practicing what we preach, it's talking about, I guess, leveling up in certain self-care habits and sort of nailing down to a goal and sometimes when you help a lot of people with their own goals, your own goals can sometimes go out the window. So you just kind of maintain to some level of degree. Mm. And I think when time is not really working on your fa you know, your side and you've got loads to manage and lots going on, you know, your potentially your nutritional choices or your exercise sessions or whatever, you know, get not put to the side. They're just not necessarily the biggest thing in the front of your mind. Yeah. And so we were like, oh, well, do you think some people might think that we've just fucking gone off the wagon? Do you no. mean, no. Like, no, we... the, the context behind, I guess, what George is trying to, trying to say is, is that even though we have been moving around and, and life has been a bit all over the place, there are certain non-negotiables that we have, which are like your daily steps and going to the gym X amount or training, you know, on a regular and we basis. we do make very good nutritional choices on yeah. average. I spend my life... I guess it's one of those things where, you know, we've always adhered to good nutritional choices, but everybody left to their own devices, generally. I'm not, I mean, obviously there are some people, but generally left to their own devices will tend to overconsume. Um, I think, you know, I think the difference with us was we went from a, a job which was very much based around... We were obviously coaching people, as I said, hours and hours and hours a day, every yeah, single day, 365 days a year. And, you know... Also a very active job in the sense that it's not a desk job. You're walking around, you're loading bars, you're unloading bars, you're... Going out here, like, I reckon on average I was topping, like, 20,000 steps a day. In oh, London yeah, no, going on a... On a on a decent which day. kind of forfeited well i guess it kind of helped that yeah. then when if you didn't want to eat necessarily i mean it's different goals for different times mm. like when i first lost a load of weight you know what i mean there's there's different purposes you know and i think when we went to more online job and the same obviously we were running a studio in cape town and we were super busy with that but when you go to an online job where we obviously have, you know, we do train people face to face and we do have virtual clients, but still you, for a lot of that time, you're sat down. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that we, you know, that conscious, unconscious, shall we say, like a non-exercise activity thermogenesis, the steps and stuff like that, mm. obviously naturally reduces and you've got to be a lot more conscious about yeah. getting it in. And so mix that into the mix of maybe not being... Uh, totally on adherable to targets as such, yeah. you know, 
myself in the gym the last year, I've made really good progress, but have I fueled myself exactly the right way that I would want it to? I haven't necessarily had the high end of a protein target all the no. time. You know, there's been a lot of convenience foods thrown mm. in there and there's a lot of change of environment. So sometimes you just feel a little bit out of sync. And I think both of us will say that it's not really felt like the right time to be tracking or being you know what I mean we just wanted to try and just get through the months that we've had to then I guess come to the point yeah. where we are now where we actually decided right like we always have done as coaches we've taken some photos <laughs> which is always the, the worst very, lighting um, as well <laughs> yeah it's always a motivating factor like we have made progress in the sense that we haven't been adhering to a, uh, a certain calorie target and being eating intuitively let's let's call it that um but also ensuring that we train as hard as we physically can so you're tr at least yielding one adaptive response that your body can then with the surplus calories and um the macros yeah, you that you do with, good you mass, can build you know so a decent amount of muscle mass so even though, you know, I'll speak for myself, I'd probably get put on a little bit too much body fat. Um, Why do you think I that is? I think it's because you just really like food. And I don't think that's a yeah, wrong thing. Yeah, I just, um, I just really it's enjoy eating. It's not so bad eating. food. I just think, well, sometimes you'd get a packet of hobnobs and rail the whole lot. But like, you yeah. know, you just like... If I, we just, eating I feel something... like I eat quite a, I can eat a fair amount regardless of whether it's, <laughs> you know, calorie-dense food or nutrient-dense food like. And also, if you spend all your day at home yeah. or, like, you know, you're breaking out the day. So, for example, today, today is a Wednesday, mm -hmm. but today we've gone virtual clients. We've driven up to London. We've trained clients in London. We've come back. Like, it's, it's a different, you know what I mean? When you sometimes sit at home all day, so, like, mm. sometimes our day could be solely virtual clients, then online clients in the sense of work, like programming and mm. plans and whatnot, and then it could be, like, okay, we've got to get out for a walk or whatever, but you're also, like, near a kitchen, <laughs> and sometimes when the food is accessible mm. and you're bored yeah, in a way... The environment plays a, it does play a huge role in your overall choices, and... If your environment is filled with triggers, especially like when we're dieting mm. uh, in this dieting phase, we just know, Georgia and I know that there's certain triggers uh, like that crisps are no. <laughs> just a red flag. I can manage the chocolate because I allow myself, like I've loved chocolate more than I've loved crisps for years and years and years. Mm. I literally don't think I could go, I have been couple of days when I had COVID, I it's just impossible to portion. Days, it's it's impossible to portion crisps. Crisps is just like it's your. Just it's like you we've just, we've exchanged the crisps for some fucking rice cakes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which like, are not bad. They're I not mean, bad. The salt and vinegar ones give you a bit of a kick. Yeah. If anything, you can eat more than what you'd get in that. And you know what fucks me off, especially with the cost of living crisis, is the fact that all of the all of the portion sizes have reduced in packets and they've just blown it up with air so yeah. sometimes you're like oh sick i've got i've got 200 calories just to eat some crisps and you realize you've literally eaten like six crisps and it's just like yeah, such a waste done. of calories um 
So yeah, there could be times that you could rail a whole family pack mm. of crisps. You know so what we I mean? just we just know that there are certain things that that are going to trigger us, and you know we are human beings. Uh, nobody has got you know iron tight will unless they're like a professional competitor, or uh, you know have got a you know. But do you not think your will was pretty strong, like in the sense of when? Yeah, you were but but that's because the goal is the goal matches the circumstances. So if you you know, book a show uh, that's an X amount of weeks' time and you've paid for it and entered and done the, you know, the due process, then you need to, you've that motivation of you standing on stage competing against other guys and being judged by random people. (laughs) You know, you just the competitive nature in me found then I could just make prioritize my my goals and also I think your day-to-day life was very different which meant you're very distracted throughout the day like if you're training people face to face like you literally your hours dedicated to training that person Mm. you're not necessarily you might be starving do I mean you could be on your eighth client of the day and literally eating like three almonds but you know you're not you're distracted and this is the thing when you're not distracted food can be the biggest the first thing that we go to Mm. whether it's like you're dehydrated and you're just thirsty or whatever and you need to just knock back some water or have a cup of tea or whatever Mm. instead we're like we need to eat and like especially out of boredom a lot of it is just picking out of boredom and 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 the environment having it around readily available highly palatable highly tasty foods you know you're you're hoping that you've got willpower and you've got motivation when you know sometimes it's there sometimes it's not and when it's not you know that's when you have people quote unquote going off rail off the rails yeah i wouldn't like to brush myself under the thing of going off rails because i think from my speaking for myself Mm. like i lost a huge amount of weight and all I've done is really just progress myself and the years that I've done that I've never really wanted to go back to that and I think when you've ever been that overweight and especially because I'm a professional and I've learned obviously have a huge amount of uh, education and le- you know learning that I've done throughout the years mm. whether that's you know nutrition or whether it's been strength or can, whatever you know when you are armed with that knowledge you do vaguely know how to maintain and I think most people would probably be like you're picking at like the smallest things but I think for us yeah I guess if you have a very bad the thing is everybody tries to make out like the process is super complex and the reality is, is it it is what what when you look dive deeper into it, it, it is it can get fairly complex, but the reality is, is overall it's, it comes down to overall consistency of habits, like people make progress when they train loads and they change their diet, but if they can't sustain that, then obviously your body's gonna have that rebound uh, impact. I think it's so, important to say though that that. Throughout your life, as we've said before on podcasts, that your body mm. does adapt. Everything changes as mm. you either get older. and not saying like when you're 70. We're talking like, you know, as you get older and you might have a different job or you might have a different profession or you might have children or you might get married or you might get divorced or you might, you know, all of these things that come into play, it changes your environment too as mm. such. And I think when you think about going on and off the wagon I guess it's always that thing of can what you'll do you know what you are you've chosen to do can it be sustainable point one and Mm. and 
this is where I come to a point as how sustainable is a large amount of weight loss. And I think we would both agree Mm. that there is always going to be a fluctuation. When you're at your lowest weight in Mm. the sense of like, maybe you're on a huge weight loss journey, your whole aim is to get the numbers down so that you are healthier and happier in Mm. yourself. And not saying that numbers should be tied to your health and happiness, but Mm. in general, if you're sitting morbidly obese and you've got key... uh, tens of you know tens of kilos to lose so Mm. we're talking 20 upwards you know 30 kilos upwards and you know you need to lose that for health benefits yeah how how can it potentially be sustainable years and years when obviously your body changes or your environment changes i do and we have seen it a lot where Mm. it fluctuates you know sometimes you can be sitting in plus or minus a range of five kilos you know what i mean or it could be 10 it's the the key word there is is a temporary fluctuation assuming i think sometimes we get to our lowest weight like i'll speak to myself and if i got to my lowest weight of when i used to be when i went on my weight loss journey Mm. my main thing because this was years ago was Mm. not necessarily holding a lot of muscle mass it was training in a different way slightly not it wasn't that different but it wasn't the aim wasn't necessarily to progressively overload my training it wasn't to build muscle Mm. it was to lose fat and i think that you're always going to be lighter when that goal is not necessarily in the mix. You end up in that sort of skinny fat vibe where obviously I would never have classed myself as skinny in any way, Mm. but your lowest weight, like now I'm much more comfortable in the way my body shape is than what it was when it probably was the lowest it had been because I hold a lot more muscle. Like I enjoy seeing muscle, Mm. you know, before years ago, was it the thing was it the trend to have a lot of muscle not really you know what i mean it was just to Mm. be smaller (laughs) in general being skinny that i think uh, a lot of it you know it it should be like almost like a bungee jump where you jump and you go all the way down and then there's a little bounce on the way back up and what generally defines long-term you know goals and habits is the people the way people view adversity when they when that comes to that bounce because every the essentially weight loss is quite an easy process because you can do it in so many different ways you can do it drastically you can do it in a long-term approach but like if you just stopped eating for example you would end up losing weight so if you cut out a lot of foods or different macronutrient food groups you'd lose a ton of weight but then when the weight comes back on how how do you deal with that so the the reality is some people capitulate altogether they they can't deal with the fact that their weight is fluctuating and then they're like i see no value in doing this in the first place and then they give up and the people that generally tend to see the long-term weight loss and the long-term success are the people that you know essentially find value in things outside of just weighing x and practice you know patience and are okay with things like delayed gratification when it comes to the process and you know like georgia said the bounce to a certain degree is almost inevitable so i don't think you could i don't actually know anybody whether we've who hasn't mm. had 
a bounce back not a bounce no. back just a bounce upward slightly because actually where you've aimed to get to maybe that isn't really what is a maintainable daily weight for you mm. you know on a day to day and so that's normal to happen but i do know many people who have done the very drastic approach to weight loss and have piled on and some back into that yo-yo cycle and now they're completely in a rut like and that's you know, something which we always just don't advise again. You can rush to the fucking numbers, but like, yeah, what are you so doing after that when you've get, literally depleted? You know, it's so much easier to get fatter than it is to get. Oh fuck yeah! Thinner. Like literally, sometimes in yeah. my head, I think I like like I think I'm the physiology like, behind it is your your body will actually happily create more fat cells. But when it comes to emptying and uh, you you don't burn fat, <laughs> you, you, you have the same number of cells. The cells just empty, and those cells are just left empty if you waiting for you to go yeah, just waiting. And, and as when soon you go as put you, on yo-yo, you know, if you yeah, go on yo-yo, as soon as you you know introduce that uh, uh, calorie surplus back in, you know those fat cells are filling up quicker much and quicker like at double the speed most if of the time. you go still continue further into that surplus just gain the number just increases and it never decreases yeah i think it's important to say that like especially like a lot of people say oh, how do i lose weight off my stomach or you know a lot of fat cells really do sit around the mm. areas which we want to lose the quickest yeah. or the most and it is if you've lost a drastic amount of weight and then you go backwards shall we say in the sense of you know you pile on a lot more weight your body is just going to be like no and plus also if you've lost a drastic amount of weight your bmr your basal mass rate is already much lower mm. so those adaptations of you even eating over that you know constantly you're going to be in that position where you're going to it's going to be much harder to then lose it again it is and not in the sense of the science it's not no. much harder but in the sense of the the mental capacity to deal with it becomes much harder mm. and what i see a lot in our job is many people who have gone through weight loss journeys and the one thing that they hold on to to not potentially going backwards in the sense of their nutritional choices or overeating is the mm. fact they hang on to exercise. Now, exercise is a fantastic way of expending calories, the same as obviously going for a walk or whatever, mm. you know, going mm. for a cycle, whatever. But more often than not, a lot of people then subsidize the fact that because they've exercised, they can eat X or because they've done, you know, they can have Y. Mm. And actually, that is the worst way to look at weight loss, because not only do you start to think that exercise is the only way you're going mm. to lose weight or maintain it, mm. you then have no control over your nutrition, which is unfortunately yeah, but the it's biggest also, driving factor. It's the expectation that you go to the gym and you do a workout and you th either get told by a tracking device or you just intuitively intuitively think i have worked hard so i must have burned yeah you know some people are like oh, i burned 600 calories so when i go and have my my brunch i'm gonna you know i'm Order gonna get it fully because, loaded yeah you know and this is the thing and like that's the, the reality is is you know those numbers being given to you um are highly inaccurate and the reality is is you probably have to shave off i would say about 60 to 70 percent off that number to give you a proper 
I don't think know. it's even that. It's people that's just like, like it's if you go like, and train really, really hard, the chances of you burning two to three hundred calories is even that's a lot. Yeah, and so that's why obviously exercise and the portion of your total daily energy expenditure is actually a very small yeah, percent small. versus f- essentially five percent. Well, five to ten, depending on the individual, yeah. and then neat would take potentially twenty percent plus or minus, depending yeah. on the individual. Yeah, Thermic effect of food, depending on your diet composition, and then obviously the rest made up by your BMR. So, there there comes a point, but what I don't think is a very wise thing to do when you go into potentially hanging on to exercise mm. because your nutrition is not matching it, mm. is the fact that you then effectively weirdly subconsciously think that exercise is the form of punishment or the fact that you know you should punish yourself or or the only way that you can get on track is by exercising you know like i had such a terrible week because i didn't go to the gym so all is lost yeah when actually it's really it's like you could have controlled what you put in your mouth the numbers in which you were adhering to and then you know, exercise should always see be seen as something that's just good for yeah. your mind and your body. And it should not be seen as like, oh, it's directly linked to yeah, weight loss. It's like, you know? it's like nourishment, nourishing your your body and your mind with physical exertion. Um, but I do think a lot of people think they have a lot of control comes, over. The, it, it's something that comes from evolutionary biology, and it's the the way our physiology is is the way it is today through millions of years of evolution is we're built to run we're built to walk we're built to be you know bipedal hominids that have exceptional cardiovascular fitness in in comparison to other mammals believe it or not but like human beings have got vastly superior cardiovascular fitness in the terms of duration than most mammals like if you were to run after an antelope if you could you know for yes the initial period is very very quick it would gas you and you'd be left in the dust but if you kept up a steady pace you'd catch up within a matter of you know a day or two and that's the and it's our it's our it's our physiology the way our body is are designed (laughs) is to have some form of physical exertion whether it's running or lifting weights or it's just that's why there are nothing but benefits when it comes to exercise and yeah i just i just think that the more attachment there is between like what you eat and how you move in the sense of that in a, my mind puts people as the fact that exercise is the only thing that they can hang on to mm. whilst the rest of it falls aside and they still think that they're going to make s- some kind of level of progress when actually the one thing you need to address is not the exercise it's what you're putting yeah. in your mouth and also it's it's one of those things i see it very often where people go well because i've worked out i can have that and it's the same you know and it's 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 kind of been ingrained with us the same as like looking at activity trackers and saying that you've burnt x amount of calories and yeah. i used to do it when i was overweight we all, to- we all we all done it like i used to be like oh my word look i made this client burn 1200 calories in an hour 
It's like, did the client die? Like, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, we've all fall, fallen prey to to these like gimmicky things. You know, it's just we've obviously being if in the industry have realised that it's a gimmick quicker than the vast majority. It's not because we've realised; it's because we fucking taught ourselves. Yeah, but when you also kind of I mean? sitting the there relevant... as a PT and your client's burning twelve hundred calories in sixty minutes, you're like. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, but like take yourself back 12, 15 years ago. Like where was was the level of research like, that is, is today done? No. Yeah, but like Charles Poliquin would be like, oh, you've got 15 millimeters of fat underneath your chin. That means you're insulin resistance. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, but certain on. people provide benefit for certain things. Whether you should believe it or be gullible to the information, that's another thing. Mm. Like constantly wanting to change your tune or think that something's better yeah. when actually you're the problem is not something you need to be doing. Like we yeah. are the problem. The reason why we all want to sit there and I want to lose weight, I need to tone up, is that is because we are the problem. It's yeah. not a method that's caused you that way. It's not because you need to do something drastic. It's because you're the problem. You can't be consistent with something yeah. or you can't be willing to adhere to anything. Yeah. So in, or make in the fact, priorities to put yourself in the best position to achieve your goal. Like a lot of people fall the wayside to peer pressure and, oh, I can't do this because my partner's doing something. And yes, I appreciate like these certain uh, circumstances with, with mothers that are cooking for the family and they can't cook separate meals and, and you know, there needs to be some level of... But that, um, but that's when it comes down to education, in my opinion. Yeah. It's not about what you can't there do are because certain, you've got to help others. No, but I appreciate about, yeah, what, I'm trying to get, what I'm trying to say is there are certain circumstances that make it difficult, but you, you have to be able and willing to want to do things on your own steam and not for... Um, to peer pressure and do not allow other people to hold you back from achieving your own personal goals because that's when resentment that's when you know I mean but no it also comes into the fact that you know they say this like that obviously a child for example mm. growing up into a family who don't necessarily look I see it from both sides because I was wasn't brought di I was brought up in a family where <laughs> I was brought up wolves. in a family. Um, not all of them that we were I associated myself with on a day to day basis were exactly the same, but there was an inherent, like very strong diet culture throughout my family and especially in the women. And my father's side of the family, not so much at all. They just had a very what you could say, Midlands family, you know, everybody enjoyed good food and there so was no necessary... some people consider... were more judgmental than others. Oh, you could say judgmental, yeah. But, you know, there was a huge amount of fat phobia on the side of the... You know what I Ooh. mean? And when you're brought potentially fat into a family... shaming? You know, it's the same as being fat phobic. Like, just didn't like the fact that anybody had a one ounce of body fat. But yeah. this goes from generation to generation to generation there's so much history behind it as to why people behave in the way that they do now mm. but you know you see both sides to it do i think being brought up in a family where there 
you know, the mum is adamant. I'm not saying my mother was, but like, I guess she was always conscious because of the way that her mother brought her up is to be very conscious of how big you were or, you know, you shouldn't do that and you need to be smaller or, you know, fat Mm. people are horrible and all of these things. Do I think Mm. a child being brought up into that gives them the best foundations of, you know, understanding what Mm. is good and what's bad and, oh dear, no, I shouldn't do this. No, actually, I... But then there's the other side where a lot of parents don't care for the for the mm. um, nutritional or encourage choices. it where they're you know feeding little Johnny like six slices of birthday cake at eight a.m. in the morning. Yeah, and like sometimes I do see that. Like I was at a client's house the other week, and the child like she was one of the children that she's got. They've got a nanny, and the nanny <laughs> she was screaming her head off. And they said, well, what are you going to do to be able, you know, what will stop you from being upset? She was like, give me cupcake, like Mm. literally. And obviously my client's very conscious of what they feed their children is is really 90% nutritional, you know. But she said sometimes as a parent, which obviously I don't know, but I've worked with a lot of parents, you know, it's sometimes easier just to slip them, (laughs) slip them the lollipop to shut up, you know, and I totally appreciate it. It's like, oh, should children be on iPads? Oh my God. Yeah. But when your child's needing to be distracted and you've got a long flight or a restaurant meal. I have never seen anything that puts children more into a trance than an iPad. Yeah, but this is what I mean. Like my client said that she's just been on holiday. And having the two kids on iPads all the time is like a godsend, especially on a flight. Like you don't want them screaming no. and like kicking off because no. you want them distracted. But it's the same thing. It's like, okay, it would be great to be grown growing up in one a family which is quite really, balanced. One thing I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. One thing I uh, never understood about parenting, and obviously in hindsight, having not had children, it's very rich coming from from me. But um, feeding children, obviously you know when they give children copious amounts of calories and then wonder why their children become super erratic you yeah know i, mean? I think like but again, a very small child if education. you think about think about yeah, but if it. you think about like a child's overall basal metabolic rate right a very tiny small child they just you give them seven thousand calories i specifically remember my parents <laughs> when top of the pops was on on a friday my dad used to get like the family size bowl of crisps and a glass of wine or whatever and me and my sister would get a ramekin of like four fucking crisps and it was mortifying as a child receiving like such limited crisps but they obviously portion control and me and my sister both made a pact that if my parents ever went into care when they were older that we would limit them also if they ever wanted Chris Mm. that we would give them the ramekin and we would have families but it's the whole thing of obviously having a balanced approach is the best in the sense of parenting and bringing children up but either side you know being too anal with your child in the sense of what they're eating or how they're moving you know what I mean there is that direct mm. conflict with it. Like yeah, we especially know, when they're out of your sight and out of your, you know... We know clients that sight, put fucking Fitbits on kids, their children. Their, their children go absolutely bonkers. Don't, there's literally... I mean, I think a child moves enough. Like, a lot of children move a lot, especially if they're younger. Yeah. They're all over the place half the time. I guess it's for just generation but like tying it to numbers like we know like if we were children now then you know as a kid would you want a fitbit probably 
absolutely no fucking way do I think a child should be limited. No, but maybe the child wants it. Tracking their fucking steps. No, I'm not saying maybe they just want it because they think it's cool and all their friends have got it. No, but none of their friends have got Fitbits, Mark. They'll have like a toy watch, which might vaguely. And unless you are. Like, I think the most inactive you become is probably when you're at secondary school, where you start to have an opinion over things of whether you want to, mm. let's go back to team sports, oh, or no, whether it's not, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. But it's giving that Pete the, I think where you're sat at a desk all day, potentially learning, and maybe it's not very physical, and maybe you don't enjoy that team sport, so that's the only time you can really get some activity in at school. Okay, I think your activity reduces as obviously you get older, but do I think like a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old, fucking four-year-old should Mm. be wearing a Fitbit? No, I'm so against that. I think that puts horrendous like structure Encouraging that, then I guess that's their own personal choice. Um, yeah, but the, the why behind it. I think as a ten-year-old, having a Fitbit would be pretty cool. It's quite fashionable. Tells oh, the time. Right. Well, you're not. You if can we play ever games have children, on it. We're not having them wearing a Fitbit. Yeah, you can. I don't think we need to put numbers to being active. It, it sucks the life out of a child being that restricted or feeling like they need to reach something because their parents have whacked on a fucking tracker. Yeah, but wait like, until the children go to university and then they go Yeah, because crazy. it's probably just like the fucking parents that still aren't educated in nutrition and exercise choices and are probably doing things out of restriction for their children. And I don't think, having been brought up with a hell of a lot of restriction, mm. that when they comes to the age where you make your own nutritional choices or you have more availability, mm. like walking past the corner shop mm. on the way to school or whatever... Is it the best way forward? No. So what's the justification for the parents putting it on the child in the first place? Because I think they want them to make sure their children are active. But if they're very young, I think that's totally wrong because I I don't think these people should have targets as young. I think you really only go into tools like tracking or tracking any device when you're old enough to understand and be educated enough mm. to make those choices. As parents, you should be taking the obligation, this is a very rich coming from me, but <laughs> to make your child active. If you want them to be moving, make them fucking move. Put them in an after-school club. Take them out. I mean, I see parents taking their children for runs. Sometimes it stresses me out. But, yeah. like, you know that family on holiday that, like, you always see at the hotel where, like, you've got little Jimmy and fucking, you know, Susan, they're, like, six years old, and mum and dad are up at, like... Six in the morning, and they're all in the gym, and you know, and going for a run. I'm going to make our children load the bowl for us. I'll be like, it's great to encourage children to move in a certain way and to enjoy certain things, but forcing things upon people or children at younger ages because you think it might be right or you think it might benefit them, actually, Mm. like sometimes is not the way you need to be going about it. Devil's advocate, as an adult, you potentially know better. So you are just... You know no fucking better as an adult unless you've educated yourself. You could be sitting at age 60 with the worst diet culture ridden through. You're still thinking that one carb will make you gain weight. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true. So no, I don't think unless you actually are willing to educate and sit and actually educate yourself. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Do I think it's any just, benefit? Yeah, not just watching a documentary on Netflix. That's not educating yourself. Yeah, and you know, more often than not, I see plenty of families where it goes the wrong fucking way for children because they've been too restricted. Like I, 
family friends of ours, they restricted their son because it was an only child and we're not that great of family friends any longer, but um, restricted their child from doing anything. They wouldn't, I mean, even when he came 60... Now, I know it's not normal to tell your, your child to drink alcohol, but I'm sure those that are parents of teenagers especially in this day and age, will be fully aware that some of their children or all of their children or one of their child, you know, going into teenage years, will like to whack up the Alka Pops, get on it without their parents knowing and do things in which they think statistically Mm. their parents would necessarily encourage. And I think my parents always bought us things in moderation. So they would buy us the Alka Pops for a house party at age. Okay, maybe I was a bit too young to start oh, drinking. no. Oh, what did you do? Go and get the... fucking, like, ransacked and then come back home, vomit everywhere. Like, you're a vomiter. Do you know I what I mean? Vomiter. You are a vomiter. I'm a vomiter. But, yeah, I was at age, you oh know, when God, house parties started. encouraging it. Oh, I was much older in my head than what I actually was in the sense of my yeah, age. Yeah, but... Your parents shouldn't encourage that. Oh, shut up, Mark. Do you know what I mean? Shame on you, Jane. Oh, shame on you, Mark, for literally being such a loser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, giving your child the experience, it's like smoking cigarettes. I'm not encouraging smoking cigarettes, but when oh, I was younger, no. I fucking loved smoking because it was cool. And it was cool to be in a social group and smoke. And I, I don't care what people say. Even my grandfather will openly say they smoked until they learned that actually it wasn't that good yeah. for you. And he was a medical professional. I think you everybody know? goes through their smoking phase. There's only a select few that No, not everybody. My father's cheeky. never smoked a cigarette in his life yeah, because his father died School boys that haven't had a cheeky f- a cigarette. I was going to say the... A cheeky uh, line of cocaine. <laughs> no, not a cheeky line of cocaine. Just a cheeky cig. But, you know, there was these Even things Even if it's where, social smoking. But if you restrict a child too much, they, well, I've seen it happen. They go to university and they, or they go to yeah. boarding school or they get sent to some sick form camp or they're allowed more flexibility because they're grown up. Maybe they start driving, God knows. One, you're fucking getting ransacked every bloody, you know, day you can. Why do you keep on saying the word ransacked? I don't know. I can't think of another word currently. People, we're not pirates. Yeah, Mark, but it's the whole thing of going and fucking ransacking as much alcohol and a fake ID to then go and get really fucked up. Fake ID? Who are you people? My fake ID, and if my one of my best friends is listening to this podcast... Uh, she gave me the ID because she's a year older than me. So she had uh, the ID and then it got passed to me. Name was Sammy Leader. If you're listening, hi, Sammy Leader. We used your ID for years on end. Um, you were born in Hong Kong. Do you know what I mean? And I had a whole story. My dad even told me the story to say, to, to say you lived oh, in a certain part of Hong Kong because that's where the expats live. They used to ask us the horoscope that's when you'd get into fraud. A... That's stealing somebody's identification. It's not, and again, I'm going to repeat myself. It's not my fault. You're being a loser, Mark. Like, it's not my fault. Do you know what I mean? That like you only had you're one place to go and drink. Okay, you went and used to go and smoke marijuana at age fucking whatever. Oh, don't say that. Don't my say that. Your parents gonna, my listen. My mother's gonna. <laughs> That's it. We're number fucking five <sighs> okay. of the family now. We're on the <laughs> yeah. I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the the spiral downwards. Yeah, but like it's just you know there's there's plenty of habits and stuff that we fix onto as you know as we grow up. Like we don't drink alcohol on a 
daily, weekly, monthly basis, do we? No. But we've all got our own vices. The fucking Kit Kats, do you know what I mean? Mm. The Kit Kats is where mm. I'd rather go bagels. than a glass of wine. Yeah, you haven't had a bagel in ages. Triggers me Triggers. Because, Mark, I'm not joking, can genuinely eat like five bagels in one sitting. And then you do a weekly shop and all the food's I gone just, within days. I feel two. like I've got a genetic disorder that oh my God, this is what I mean. you doesn't brush allow my body to being register bagel intake. I think that's also, again, highlighting why we're now currently on track, Mark, yeah. because your ability to think that you've got an issue and so you just need to eat it. Like, There's been times where I've said to Mark, <laughs> put it back, put it back. Why are you eating? Like, We need to I eat like this to. to last. And Mark's like, fuck off. Like, yeah. why are you telling me you're so restrictive? Yeah. That's what he says. Because you can't eat your fourth bagel. If you do the calorie intake, if you ate five bagels, yeah. you'd be at like 1,500 calories of intake. I and just, that's just breakfast number one. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think maybe it's also because I eat too quickly. Like, we're... You said to me that you renowned. were trying to eat slower. Yeah, trying to. You just fucking swallow food. I know. That's the problem, I think. Yeah, well, I no, mean... No, chewing is just, like, one, two... Like, people have said, like, we generally... Our family eats like we're in prison. I've never seen anything. We went for afternoon tea at this place in Cape Town, which is, like, a really <laughs> fancy hotel. And it's, like, no, and if you've ever been to Cape Town, it's called the Mount Nelson. It's got a lot of history behind yeah, it. And it's very tea. pretty, very pretty. And, like, they do things, obviously, sporadically. They bring out things within certain times. And, like, I've never, actually... Mm. I mean, it was, like, a pack of wolves around yeah. the table, like, when all of yeah. you were there eating. It was, like... I don't think anybody had known what had hit them, actually. Yeah, we, we eat very quickly, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's maybe a hereditary thing that goes across the... I love the fact you just blame others for the fact that you just might like to eat quicker yeah, and do. you don't chew your food Or properly. it's all the fact that there were four of us, four boys... Also, things depends what so, you're eating. Like, if you're eating a carrot, like you're forced to. The chew. two eldest were also boarders, so you can imagine they were boarders in the middle of the Zimbabwean bush. So when they came to food, they would also eat like men possessed. Again, I think maybe you were quite restricted on your nutrition in Zimbabwe. Yeah, I've, well, I wouldn't say yes, but we always ate really well. But in terms of like, ver not variety, but. You know, certain things were harder to obtain. Like, did you eat chocolate in Zimbabwe? Yeah, we used to, but it like, was never Easter. like... <laughs> no, when when mom would go and do a shop, you know, once a week, we'd get a couple of chocolates, maybe some ice cream. Yeah, but that was like a couple of chocolates, Portion one out, ice yeah, cream, like one not chocolate. like multi-packs of fucking... No, multi-packs. Only when my aunt used to come from South Africa for Christmas, she'd get you the multi-packs with like uh, chomp... Uh, crunchy, but yeah, in terms of chocolates, there was Cadbury's. Yeah, but I also didn't think necessarily like and there was only like two flavors of Cadbury's. There was like normal Cadbury's, then there was Cadbury's with nuts, and then the one with, with the ones with raisins. Well, that was three, three, yeah. and then there was the Zimbabwean version of chocolate, which was Pascal's, which was actually pretty decent. And then when Zimbabwe started going downhill it actually turned into... It was more like cooking chocolate. It was disgusting. Yeah, but that's what I think a lot's happening in the UK right now. Mm. The quality of food is just shooting for even and then worse. then, obviously, once after 2000, then it was like, oh, you can't even get bread, let alone fucking chocolate. So... Mm. I'm just like, the moral of the story is, is 
it's very obvious that when you're wanting to be more adherable to something or you have a weight loss goal, I, I really think this comes, what we're talking about right now is losing body fat or, mm. lo- or you know, progressing yourself in a way where you feel better in your clothes or things that fit better. But the moral story is your environment is probably the key factor to one figure the fuck out. Yeah. Because, you know, we are, like when we go into a dieting phase, like we are currently, and dieting doesn't mean changing anything that drastic. We're just being more adherent to targets in mm. the sense of a calorie target. Yeah. You know, so we we're still eating include... pretty much the same foods. It's just making sure that the portions we eat are calorie controlled or portion controlled. Yeah, and when we so potentially want foods. to snack on something that might not give us as yeah. much benefit as snacking on something else, yeah. we then go, okay, well, at least we've bought it. So, weirdly enough, we've obviously bought a lot more fruit and mm. a lot more, like, everything's got calories, lots yeah. of carrots, because I like a carrot and a hummus, mm. or just carrots in general, lots more vegetables, lots more. Um, easy to consume but actually quite filling foods like as mm. we said if you want a packet of crisps when you know you're craving a packet of crisps replacing that packet of crisps you could have like five fucking rice cakes yeah, big ones w- salt and vinegar flavor for the same but you're eating yeah. more we also in, which is also pretty handy when it comes to over adherence is getting things that are pre-portioned as well so like the butter and the Right, that's um, ridiculous. You can't live in a hotel all your life, Mark. Not a, no, they don't even do pre-portioned butter here. Yeah, well, we, when we were living in South Africa, we had pre-portioned butter. Okay, pre-portioned for like three crisps, weeks we did until they disappeared. Smaller choices of, um, you know, chocolate bars and Kit Kats and things like that that are easy and small. Yeah, and a lot of people could also argue that are uh, what happens when I want all of the Kit Kats out of the multi-pack? It happens to the best of us. Yeah. I think I would always it's like say... It's easier was... than like biscuits, for example. Once you open like a packet of hobnobs, then, you know, you just to make sure that they don't go off, you, you eat the whole thing. Yeah, but it's the same as if you bought like a large family-sized bar of chocolate. Like I physically can't yeah. see like why I can't have to restrict myself on that. If it's very hard to I portion want control mentally. four Kit Kats or I've eaten one and I'm mm. like, I want another one. You kind of just see the wrappers in front of you and realize that maybe it's time to stop. When you've only got one wrapper... Then it's only yeah, one it's thing. It's psychology isn't it? <laughs> behind it, and they they do say like if you don't want to track your calories and and do all that kind of malarkey, then you know simple things like eat use smaller plates, you know drink water before you eat, chew more, more bite sized portions, and all those kind of things is like the psychology behind. Yeah, I mean, you like know, the... when you're dishing up for yourself and you're feeling really hungry because you've been dieting the whole day. You know, you want to fill the plate up. You want to, you want to make sure that you get a good meal, psychologically, let alone physically. Yeah, and it's the same with when it's you like eat. It's like that fear of missing out as well. When, like you've you've touched on a couple of times, when you like, you don't want to see that calorie number going down when you consume things. No, but you've got to say the psychology behind why but that you is. Also want I'm to... one of those people. It's the same with like money, where I fucking hate. <laughs> Like, if I've got a reserved amount of money or if I saved money, I fucking hate it disappearing or, like, going down. Like, I now I, I know, say, but like, sometimes you might need to make life choices where you need a mm. bit more money or you need to move things around. Mm. And I'm one of those people I physically hate. Maybe it's the Jewish in me. I hate, like, letting go of, like, the, and it's the same with my calorie intake. 
sometimes when I first ever started tracking, like years ago, when I first ever like knew about it, I would literally be like a hoarder with my calories. So then I could just eat loads later and I just wouldn't eat anything throughout the day because I didn't like the number going down. Now I'm better with it, but I still sometimes think like, it's a psychology thing. Do you I'm think like, that's oh, a reflection no. of any childhood trauma that you <laughs> Fucking uh, let's go back into my childhood trauma. Is it because your parents beat you? No, don't say that. I'm joking. Do you know I'm I mean? joking. That's not very nice. My parents never beat me up. They probably wished they I did, but should've. I was probably bigger and better. I could have given them a run for the money. Yeah, for you are. Please don't tell me uh, now. I'm physically. Yeah, I could uh, hurt capable. a few people if I wanted yeah. to. Um, that's what. Uh, that's why we went to the new gym, and there was a, jo- a girl that was looking at Georgia funny. And, no, 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 let's, because you are not very good at retelling stories, because you lie, so, <laughs> you lie. do, you make things different, we walked into the new, no, okay. we walked into the new gym, mm-hmm. okay, it is not a membership commercial gym that we no, were training not, in, it is a, I'm sure many people, there are many members there, but it is a gym which is very, very f- suited to, let's say, Click, click, clicky, click, 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 click. So if you're not part of the group, the cool, you will the cool stand cool, out. The cool uh, kids. Or, or trained there since it's fucking opened. Yeah, or... Georgia came in. No, and then... sh- no, you're not. Just no, you can't interrupt me because you're lying. You're just fucking lying. So I we bet you, you're gonna in. miss out. You're gonna miss out the most I'm not important. Missing out I, I on guarantee. anything. Okay, let's say it. And then if you don't say it, I'll fill you up. You fucking annoy me. You when know you what I'm gonna say, though. Okay, go. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Georgia you, walked into. No, the I'm gonna gym. literally. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to come across there. I'm gonna hurt you physically. Hurt you. <laughs> I. We walked into the gym. We'd signed up for a membership. They were just taking us around the gym just to show yeah. what everything was. Yeah. And there was a group of what looked like very strong, quite burly men who were lifting and there was one girl in the group, okay, who the guys looked immediately at myself and Mark because obviously it's quite a weird environment. Like sometimes it can be quite like, this is a place where a lot of coaches train. So it's kind of that ego, like playing against each other. And because we know what we're doing and also we just get on with it, sometimes people are a bit like, "Mm, what's going on here? Like, do you know what I mean? And this girl just like was staring at me and like mm. quite like, and then I was a bit like, that was the first session we were in there. It's because I think she's got a partner in the group. I'm not sure, but a lot of the men were looking my way and I don't yeah. fucking bring any there attention to myself. There we go. Oh, he fuck was you, loving Mark, you. He was loving a bit of Georgia. Well, he was just looking. He was having a good look. He was having a good look. And whether or not she's part of that group as a, you know, a and boyfriend. That was her boyfriend, or... probably. And she was like... No, I don't think it was. I think she's just one of those is... girls, which reminds me of school, who is always friends with the fucking boys. And when any kind of threat, which I am not threatening, I didn't even mention a word, I just fucking walked in she immediately got some weird fucking barrier up against me. And so that was session one. And the next time we went in there, she came upstairs to the gym where I was. And I was, again, minding my own fucking business. Like I always do. I've got music and I I don't I think it was because you were going, every time you were lifting. Oh, shut up. I'm going to, again, hurt you. (laughs) you I mean, I don't... Mark makes the most pathetic noises when he exercises when he's only lifting two and a half kilos. (laughs) Fucking joking. You're going to kill me. (laughs) But 
I was upstairs doing something and she came up with one of her little bum buddies of a boy group ever and again the guy was looking in my direction it's not there's not many people in this fucking gym so what are you to stare at and she was that classic playground girl who bitch i don't know what the fuck she was saying who fucking knows oh it could have been horrible it could have been nice who knows but she was doing that sniggering and trying to be a bitch to get some guy other on board with her bitchiness to then for them all of them to laugh in my direction obviously the guy didn't laugh because most men override bitchiness of girls but the girl was there and i literally turned around she was directly looking at me Mm. sniggering do you Mm. know what i mean and Mark was like, you should take your headphone out and say, you want some, do you know what I mean? Oh <laughs> like, God, literally, want some. I just think if I took my headphones out and was like, are you okay? Do you want to take a picture? Yeah. It would come across like I was some like pretentious... No, people are just staring at you twat. and laughing. And that's not... That's going against the, uh, you know, the ethos of a, of a gym but where I can see why people find it uncomfortable. Themselves. I don't... I was actually a bit like, this is bringing back playground memories. Like, this yeah. is like, are you still at school? But... My question is, you're so sassy that you didn't say anything. Only to you, this. because I have to fucking deal with you on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> so you've got selective sass. Well, it's like the second time I've seen her, and like the first time she didn't like me for some reason. Yeah. I didn't even fucking say hi. We're literally just in the presence of the same environment. Yeah. I I'm very friendly. <laughs> I am. If somebody smiles, I'm always like, like I would be willing to say hi. My job is to make things comfortable for people. Yeah. And she is the epitome of not being comfortable yeah. with the gym. And as I said, it's never the fucking men. The men sometimes can take equipment. That was in a commercial. They can get in your way and they can make sexual fucking orientated movements at you. But women, I don't know what it is, but some have just got an issue with you for absolutely no reason. Because you're competition. How am I competition? You're just I'm in there. I've got a wedding female. ring on. What, am I going to go and fuck a husband in the bathroom? Do you know what I mean? A partner? Do you know what I mean? You're sat there like raging that I'd even say those words. (laughs) But what are you you threatened by? The fact I've literally just walked in? Maybe she's intimidated by By the fact I can lift more than her. Potentially, yes. But nobody was doing... I wasn't doing it next. I was in there for five minutes and she already hated me. I don't know what it is, but... Maybe it's your face. You know, some people have got faces that just annoy you. Well, hers isn't fantastic either. So if we're going to go at that, like, then I'll just hate her face as well. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But I just don't understand why people need to behave like that. I wonder why some people are so uncomfortable in gyms if you're in a different environment, especially a gym like that. It's very easy to feel a bit out of place in like a... But a gym generally filled with fitness professionals is a gym Yeah, it's a gym you don't want to be at. (laughs) That is very judgmental and very clicky. Yeah, because obviously if you're all coaches and you're all kind of rubbing up each other's dicks, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, it's much nicer going, in my opinion, going into a gym where everybody's just general population and then there's a few trainers about, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Less mean, weirdos in this gym because there's obviously, you know, with a normal general population gym, you've got your... You've yeah, got your, fucking your, hanging off a cable machine, dude. Yeah, weird, the guy right? that comes in the Canada Goose jacket, the thermal boots, yeah, like he's going to the ox, Arctic Pole and then just like, you know, does a couple pull-ups and then shadow boxes. Yeah, I mean, the but then I kind of think that's quite entertaining. I'd rather yeah, be around like people that. like that than being around twat yeah. faces that have some issue with you. 
I don't yeah. know. She hasn't even said one we'll word see. to me. We've not even communicated. It's yeah. like we're doing this in mute, but it's fine. But it's always like that in most of those gym environments is where they don't, they see you coming see a you bit. Know. They see you. Well, not actually coming. But no, like, oh my God. I wasn't even saying I, in that terms, you fucking weirdo. Yeah, that would be awkward. That would be bloody awkward. What's I don't going know if I'd on be able now? To show my I'm face. not talking about see you coming. <laughs> <laughs> like see you coming into the door. Don't, not oh, fucking no, letting yeah. off some humid fluid of some degree. Yeah, I was going to say, like. What the fuck, Mark? You get used to get your mind you... out of the gutter, for Christ's um, sake. Yeah, you have to turn up often and for like three months i don't months. think she's gonna change she's got an issue we'll see maybe we'll soon be best friends and she'll listen to this podcast yeah. and realize how unfriendly i don't know i'm just gonna next time you want some do you know what i mean like literally yeah. come at me <laughs> just just take your headphones off look her dead in the face and say come at me bruh <laughs> and then that's when you come across like a fucking gypsy um and then yeah you could well your options are open you know you could spear tackle her Maybe she'll become part of our accountability group on Facebook. Maybe, you never know. She might She might uh, even follow us. You don't even fucking know. But then don't be a twat because if you follow us, we're always going to catch you out somehow. Yeah. Um, or you're just going to hear exactly what we think about you either way. Yeah, um, one of the two. That being said, we had a little bit of chat today, obviously, regarding um, how much... You know, we're we're sort of nailing in. We're gonna do, we're gonna track for a probably plus or minus about twelve weeks because mm. um, it's a quite a good goal. Um, we've got a number of things coming up at the end of this year, which we want to obviously feel good for. Mm. Um, and then we're obviously looking to maintain what we progress to. Yeah. So my targets, I'm eating on average about well i've actually been under them don't want to be like that i don't know why i'll just shove another kit kat in my mouth um about two two a day 2200 calories between mm. 2200 about 2200 2200 calories Jeez, That's you sound like jacob zuma oh my god yeah try and get the words out um and then i'm training on average four to five times a week depending on what my week's and I want to get those numbers up and I also want to preserve as much muscle mass as that I've grown in the past few months because I ain't going to lose the bum, shall mm. we say. We're wanting to do this in the most preserved way. So my yeah. aim is obviously to eat high protein. So I'm up at over 140 a day upwards, ideally. Um, and so when I want to reach for the crisps, Instead, I have a fucking protein yogurt. Um, no, they are. They do taste quite nice. I'm actually surprised myself at how well I've got my protein in with absolutely yeah, no it's supplements. Been two days. Like, no, but like you know, it's quite easy to feel like you need like a a whey protein, protein shake, or yeah. you need like a protein bar, and those protein bars yeah. are not cheap. Yeah. They're like three quid yeah. a fucking bar. You know, the bars are okay. The, the the shakes are gross. But my thought is, is I could eat much, much more in the sense of volume and taste your food mm. than like wasting nearly mm. upwards of 300 calories Correct. on a protein bar. So Correct. I would rather balance yeah, that. Like cook like what we did the other day was, was perfect when we had Georgia made some delicious turkey mince burgers um, and she cooked a whole bunch. And then we had some for leftovers for lunch yesterday with some rice. And We're going to have chicken sausages today for lunch. 
Jeez, I got like 60, 70 grams of protein in that one meal. Which, and then dinner, we had tuna yeah. tortilla pizzas. If you're part of the Facebook group, you'll mm, know because I've shared the recipe on I think there. the reality is, is the reason why people struggle with nutrition is because there's no pre-planning and there's no preparation. And, and if you are, you know, rolling out of bed and you're like, in my, in my example, I need to hit, let's say, 200 grams a day, which is a lot. If I'm rolling out of bed and I haven't pre-planned anything, the chances of me getting that is going to be very, very difficult. Um, but we, Georgia and I sat down a couple of days before we spoke through our meals and what we wanted to eat and what are we going to have for lunch, what are we going to have for dinner. We discussed backwards and forwards, you know, protein, food volume, different other types of macros and things like that. And I kind of think that I was the one that planned that, and that you just went along with what yeah, I, was I was willing just, to do. Yeah, but the thing is, you're the you're the when it comes to nutrition, you're the the queen. Yeah, you're the queen. Um, but in the sense of uh, but with with planning, it's it's made it that much easier. And I know we're only two days in. Um, okay, but, but we do this all the time. It's whether we or not we're actually adhering to targets. Yeah. We plan ahead. We're always like, in hitting our protein before targets. We were, and it's just so much more beneficial in terms of your body composition than always having to rely on convenient-based protein sources from like a bar or... Yeah, and I think like if you guys are listening to this and you've got maybe some goals, you want to feel like you just want to keep on track with things, the whole aim of what we were doing with... You know, we've never really spread our wings to community a community group that yeah. much, but we have now, and it's had a huge amount of feedback, really good mm. feedback based off of it. And for us, it's just about giving you that inspiration where, like, what we're having to do, we don't expect you to eat exactly what we eat in any no. way, but we want to every day post what our dinners are, for example, what I've made, and I'll give you, obviously, the breakdowns of the recipes and the ingredients of it, and you can kind of see, like, how you can still have all the foods you fucking love, do you mm, know what I mean? Exactly. But just be a little bit more accountable to your goals. Yeah. So. Obviously, this is us just doing a little bit of a podcast and practicing what you fucking preach. Yeah, we and, preach it um, daily. Come um, and join us on Facebook, and uh, we're, we're posting a lot of content on there that we, you don't normally see on uh, other social media platforms like Instagram and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. We are do, we're doing a lot of documentation. It's, it's good for, for Georgia and I because... We're going to uh, use it as a tool to keep accountable with everybody. And we're going to just document our training and our mindset and our nutrition and our lifestyles. So yeah. if you're interested, come or join know us. anybody it's called, that's interested, yeah, it's come and join keep us. Keep on track with TAC. There is multiple links either yeah. on our Instagram or you can search it on Facebook. And it went out on email if you're on our email list. But we will keep on sharing it on every email we send yeah. out to people to make sure that we can keep as many people accountable as possible to their goals so anyway guys we're going to wrap up today we're like a chicken wrap fuck i wish i was eating a chicken mm. wrap anyway and we'll be back um next week with a new episode but that is all for um, from us today we yeah. will speak to you soon okay bye, bye.